You're now listening to Philosophical Grandeur, episode number two, featuring Louisville filmmaker and media producer Blake McGrew. Our theme music today is by Jim Needler. You can find more of his content and that of his guests, Jim Phillips and Tyler Warden, this Sunday, February 19th at the Bardstown. This show is also brought to you by MapleXMonk.com. All right, start the theme music. So I'm here with Blake McGrew, filmmaker and general awesome dude, founder (laughs) of Darkheart Creative, multimedia production. Yeah, I'd say, um, yeah, multimedia production, content creator, um, anything with film, photography, or uh, design. I was just telling you a little bit about the last one I did with Jax Howie, who is a Louisville comedian, and we've met up two or three times before this. And the first time it was to talk about doing a podcast and he was already interested in it. He and and his friend Ashton had, I guess, already been talking about they wanted to do one as well. So at some point I may do engineering work for their podcast and do that kind of role where I'm looking stuff up and making sure the sound is right and bringing mics and everything to the situation. Awesome. So that's that's something I'm, I'm looking forward to. But we had met up a couple times, and the first time it was just to talk about it. The second time, I kind of had high expectations that we would record something, and I had all my stuff ready. Yeah. And then uh, somebody, one of his roommates was there, and then two or three, four more roommates show, like and friends and stuff showed up. And it really quickly became apparent that we weren't going to yeah. get anything <laughs> Not accomplished. Not so conducive, yeah, for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but finally, after another time or two, we actually set it up properly. I said, hey, let's actually try to record something this time. What time should I come over? I got over there. We went up upstairs to the attic, which is where his room is, but it also, you know, it's a symmetrical space. It had good acoustics. And he had a little art drafting table that we set the mic up on and everything and started going. Nice. And I introduced him and just went into it. and, and, And he actually has, he does a hosting for the show at Gallery K. It's every oh. Thursday at six thirty, I think, is when it yeah. starts. What it says, yeah. Yeah. Do they? I mean, is it like uh, at Gallery K? They do like comedy show. Yeah, I think they do comedy there a couple like every, nights a week. Like every Thursday, that's what he, they like. He's mm-hmm. hosting. Okay, got. Yeah, they do it that's every awesome. Thursday. And when I first met Jax, I met him through a job that we both worked at, and he told me about that. And it was when Gallery K was at a different location. It was in on Washington Street. Yeah. And they have since moved to Barrett Avenue, so it's even That's closer right. to me. But uh, cool. Yeah. I haven't I've, checked out their um, their Barrett location yet. I actually haven't been to the Barrett location yet either, and so I'm looking forward to that. I don't know if he was actually involved in the show, but he was trying to go to Kaiju on Tuesday and was hopeful that he would get involved in the. The show that was going on there, Zed Talks, is what the show was. Oh, really? And they do different comedy shows there. They do different game nights and shows and things. But I've been to a few comedy shows at Kaiju, and it's always been a great time. Cool. After going to Gallery K for the first time that Jax had invited me to, I put up a bunch of photographs of comedians from that, and then somebody invited me to another show. And I think one of them was at the Silver Dollar and then I ended up getting invited to one at Kaiju. And I'm still, I still feel like I'm developing my photography skills. That was one of the shots that I got from Gallery K. Yeah. That's on the website of Jax from, you know, and that was the picture that I used for the podcast that we did this past Friday. And I don't, you know, I look back at those pictures and I think to myself, oh dear Lord, those are so amateur. <laughs> but they were psyched about it, yeah. you know, and I think that that's, it's interesting, but it's it's a developing area of creativity in Louisville, in my mind right now, yeah. specifically. But there's been comedians in Louisville for years and years and years. Yeah. But for a long time, it was like the Improv Downtown and the Comedy Caravan. And then I guess the Comedy Caravan changed names a couple yeah. times. And yeah. now it's called the Caravan. 
but now there's also is places. It, is it? I thought it was changed again. To it like, changed to something else, and then just recently it changed back it to back? just the caravan, not what? the comedy caravan, just the caravan. I learned a lot of this from Jax. Interesting. But so now they have comedy at Gallery K, they have comedy at Kaiju. They don't do it at the Silver Dollar anymore, but hmm. it just it feels like there's more comedians than I've ever known about before, at yeah. least. So maybe I'm just more dialed into that, it. But. Yeah, true. I think it's really cool, and I, I got to jump into like photographing some of those guys, and then Jax was psyched about doing a podcast. Yeah. So. Speaking on your... Um like, you know, like where your photography skills were and the client response, even if it's not, you know what I mean? That yeah. would be the client. And what's really interesting is because I do that with like almost all of my work, pretty much everything is like you spend so much time on it and then you cringe <laughs> and it, it's because you know it after looking at it and you're like, all right, well, I got to be done with it, but you know, your skill level's here and you keep learning. But anyway, but at the end of the day, that your client is the happy. Most important. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's where it's at. Like, yeah, of course you could be much better, but as long as they really like what you did and like that's, dude, that's, all, that's what it's all about. And I think that's, obviously I think that's the most important. Yeah. Like when you can give your client something that, either like really mean something to them or they're just like super impressed or they're super happy um that gives you so much more motivation to oh, like yeah. keep on trucking and like all right that was odd like i thought i was like you know yeah. oh it's i could do this better this better but like having that positive response man it really makes you like yeah. just keep going and dig in and want to like watch more tutorials and learn more stuff and, it like, gave me a huge confidence bump at yeah. the time and I have several friends like yourself and Will Cravens and a bunch of other people that I could name drop, but I won't right now, <laughs> that, that are amazing photographers and filmmakers. And so I look at those people and their images and sometimes I compare them to my own and I feel somewhat inferior sometimes, but just getting to be, go into this situation, even though when I went into it, I felt real awkward and I was kind of crouched in a corner <laughs> of the room to where I could get the full person on stage yeah. in the photograph at one time, and I didn't have any kind of flash to use, and the lighting was crappy in there yeah. for photography, <laughs> at least. Like it was great for a comedy show, right? But it wasn't good. Light. It wasn't set up for photography at all. Never is. And never yeah. is. <laughs> never is. And so you know, and like I said, some of the photographs that I produced are cringeworthy to me, but at the time. They had, you know, maybe just people using their smartphones to yeah. take pictures yeah. there in the past. And smartphones can take amazing pictures <laughs> right. at this point, for yeah. sure. But they were psyched yeah. just that somebody I was mean, interested that's, in doing that. And that's huge, like, especially, like, live events, like, or maybe with anything, but live events, for sure, like, yeah, like, there could be better conditions for getting what you want, but, like, you have memorialized that setting, that yeah. day, and, like, it's in, it's ingrained, you got it. Um, so that's why you see like everybody like with their terrible shitty smartphones turned like directly up and down filming at somebody's wedding in front of the photographers. <laughs> that's always like a, a funny meme going around lately, but, but super shitty, but the people share it because it's like, it's that memory. That's what they're sharing. They're not sharing the like, yeah. is the exposure and like, nope, nope. The bride was doing whatever the kid was doing whatever. <laughs> and like. The comedian was this, and it was within this time, and, and we captured that event, and like that's what it's all about. Yeah. So it, it does put things in perspective for me with like what I'm doing. I'm try, you know, I take it very serious, but like try to step back every now and then and be like, all right, don't freak out too much. <laughs> don't like totally, you know, get all consumed with the negative parts or uh, the bad parts or what's not right and just try to focus on all the awesome good things that are happening and, yeah. you know, the people that you're getting to meet. That's the cool part is like all the awesome people that we're lucky enough to, to like do all this moving and shaking and, and like meet some of the, from like one end of the spectrum to the other oh, yeah. and just being able just to like wiggle in somewhere and you're just glad hand and some of the most coolest people. Like that's, that's it. Like that's so fun. Yeah. I, I've, I've been to a couple friends' weddings, and I think at the time I maybe didn't have a DSLR at all, and I took 
just cell phone pictures, but at least one of them for one of my friends, it was just this amazing picture. It was, I was right next to the table where the cake was. And I think she was like pushing cake into his face. And yeah. I just was there at just the right moment. Somebody else might've gotten a better shot of it, but I got this one shot and I edited it probably on my cell phone and it's not DSLR quality, but it's a great picture yeah. and it's a great memory. And when I posted it, they were like, oh, I love that. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. And at that point, it doesn't matter what it was shot on, right. what the quality is, what the editing was, what the filter is, yeah. if it was done on Instagram or any of that. And that's hard for people like you and I, I think, right. to, to, to go with. Because we want it to be that crisp, perfect, high-quality, high-megapixel, if that's right. what we've got available, right. image that's edited to perfection using the right software. And just, we want it to be like that. We, right. want it, we have that perfectionist feeling in us that if we don't do that, that this is a piece of crap imagery. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, ultimately, it's about the, the customer. It's about the person who is getting that and appreciating that whether or not we're getting paid out right. of it like we're getting that compensation of that person saying this is amazing yeah and it's amazing because it has them in it or it has something that they care about in it something they're sentimental about in it yeah all of those things um clay uh clay cook he does a uh, in his workshop he covers this and it's so good there's a it's his uh, i think his nephew and so he um, he puts this side by side up in his, you know, on this projector in his workshops. And it's like this beautiful, bokeh out, like in the grass, just looking stoic, sitting in the grass, little nephew, badass, looks great. And then mirrored next to it is <laughs> same kid, um, mixed lighting from like, it's on a, on a smartphone, mixed lighting popping from like the TV and some other yellow light coming in from the kitchen or something. And it's grainy a little bit, it's terrible composition. Um, and uh, he, so when he's talking about like um, this, this very concept of, um, I'm not trying to say, but Anyway, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, anyway, so he, um, so he talks about it, and he's like, he goes to his mom's house, and what's hanging up on the wall, not that beautiful, stoic, bokeh-out picture, but the terribly lit other <laughs> one that looks awful. But why is the kid has an awesome face? He's caught in the moment. He's got like a Alabama uh, jersey type of thing on, you know, like, so it's like, it's everything about what's happening in that moment and why that's important uh, versus the other. The other one's beautiful, but that meant more to his mom than, than the other one. It was just, boom, right in that moment. So that totally, I think, goes with what we were saying, and it really does, it is important. So, yeah, as, you know, creatives, we are paid and we're supposed to know the tricks of the trade to make sure that we get proper exposure and um composition and and like get everything right but uh, sometimes that's not really what it's about yeah and we we hard. have as artists we have i think objectivity about what we're doing but then the end consumer has subjectivity yeah and they look at it as this is the moment that i wanted or this is the moment that makes me feel something, that yeah. brings the emotions out of me. And that perfect one might not. It might just look like, oh, you, you got them to pose just right, and yeah. you, know, you edit it really well, but eh. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which is hilarious, based on how much time people take to learn so much and get schooling and watch tutorials and spend hours and hours and hours editing, learning how to edit and learning software and all that. Yeah, so true. It's, it's insane. Um, you've been able to travel more than, I don't know, a lot of people <laughs> that I know who have gotten into filmmaking. I'm sure that the, you know lots of people who've traveled more than you, but you've had some experiences where you just kind of fell into this friend needs this specific role filled in their project. What was your favorite trip that you've gone on in the past five years? 
Um, I mean, definitely. Def. I mean, I definitely have to say London because that was crazy. Right. You know, like that's. <laughs> um, but uh, so so yeah so um, maybe like four years ago um, I you know just had a camera really. I mean, I knew a little bit about what I was doing, but I mean, I was. I mean, I'm still very small fry, but I mean, I was even smaller fry, and I had like this cool opportunity to meet Clay, and he just an amazing photographer, and totally understood the way business operated and the way that you could get yourself out there, and so he really took me under his wing. Like I'm able to hook him up um, on video stuff. I mean, you know, he'll hire me out, but we make sure that we take care of each other really well so we can continue to do that and continue to help each other, you know, grow and um, without it having to be this crazy expensive time every time he needs some, some video work or something. So he did a, a workshop tour that we traveled the, the West Coast and that was awesome. We just hopped in the van and drove like... <laughs> Over 6,000 miles, holy shit, in a van with four people. There were, it got a little dicey here or there with, um, with our comrades, but like everything got all smoothed out. So traveling that way, amazing, and it really solidified what I think I was doing because as like editors or creatives, like you know how it is. Like If you don't have this awesome end to this awesome job or clientele or what, like you don't, you don't make shit. You don't you you had to just struggle for real, and it's real sporadic. Yeah, like at the beginning, like just yeah. trying to figure out what can I do, what will people pay me to do, <laughs> right. how much experience do I actually have versus yes. what people think that you need to have in order to work for <laughs> right. them. Some is like that, fake it till you make it, or you know, obviously you can't take a job that you totally can't do, but like shit, if if you know the mechanics of this job. And you haven't maybe necessarily done that. Um, hopefully, they can at least take a look at your other work and say, "Oh, I get it. You have that production value." Or you have to sell them a little bit um, to try to make that. <laughs> you have to try to make that work. And then when you get that, you know, higher-paying gig, well, now game on. Now you, you know, you use all that creative ability you've been learning to be like, "Okay, I'm not for real done anything like this, <laughs> but we're gonna. I know I can do it." And having that confidence to be like, or I have a, a huge pool of people that you've met along the way that will help you. And, if, you know, we have an awesome creative community here in Louisville that um, you can just reach out to and ask questions. And people will be like, come over to my house, check out my gear. Like, people are so awesome. And that's really, it's really huge. You know, like, those are potentially your competition. But, but they know, well, at least the professional ones know that, the more of us that know what we're doing and the higher they can bring us up, then that means more people aren't going out of state, more people are, are picking our local guys because they know that if they can't find one guy, one guy's too busy, he's on a movie set, well, the next guy's going to be just as awesome and they can get the job done and they'll be happy. So, I think um, that kind of community is paramount, dude, is key. It's so crucial. And... You were talking uh, for a second there. I think you said something about getting yourself out there and convincing people that you're good enough or you have enough experience. And it's almost the more that I learn things, and you know, especially this comedian thing that I fell into. There's, it's almost like what we put out there as far as a portfolio and you know examples of what we've done that we're trying to get people to look at. Right. It's almost like that doesn't even matter most of the time yeah. because what does matter and what I've found and what you've been talking about that really works is when you meet people or you know people and yeah. they say, hey, come into this or they recommend you to somebody else who needs somebody when they can't do the job. Yes. And that's where it seems to me most of the connections happen, most of the progression happens yes. and the possibilities start to That is to the arise. only reason that I'm even still able to... I mean, it's still a struggle, but not go and get a regular day. Shit, I mean, I'm, I'm close. I might have to tomorrow. <laughs> but um, but that's the only reason I get hired is going to, like, getting one little door open, getting on a set, and the my positive attitude and being able to bust ass. That is the 
only thing that for real, I mean, like, and these people will tell you, like, a bigger movie or just some, you know, some local stuff that you're doing, being super positive and upbeat and, and just a team player, you'll get hired immediately. You'll get hired over the more qualified dickhead than, <laughs> than just being like, look, I don't know what I'm doing here, but you just show me what, I, what, what to do and we'll get this thing done. And that like lights people up. It's infectious. And if you're on set where people, you're working 10, 12 hours a day nonstop, you need that on your set. So like most of the stuff that I do is PA stuff. Like I'm the bottom of the bottom, you know, do the terrible, terrible stuff. For anybody who might listen to this who doesn't know, explain a PA. So uh, PA is a production assistant. So it sounds awesome on paper. It is grueling. <laughs> um, now, okay, so the difference between, okay, so say uh, I work with uh, Max Moore a lot. Awesome filmmaker. Does some of the most badass music videos. I just saw something, a picture of you, I think. <laughs> Getting hung. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so like those sets, they, they can still be grueling in, in 12 hours, but it's, they're, you know, they're, they're micro um, uh, size. So it's not some big movie set or whatever. So you get, you're more of a key, you get to be, you know, at least you feel like more of a key player. You know, maybe I'm on, the only PA on set. Um, so it's not as, um, it's not as crazy, but I've got to do some stuff on, um, a movie called Monumental that came to town and, um, and, uh, and one, one other one, um, (laughs) (laughs) what was the name of it? Uh, where, where hope grows. Okay. Okay. Um, and those, I mean, those are like, you know, million dollar deals. And you can get kind of lost into the mix, and and it's like you know, if you're not on it, you will absolutely get thrown in the mud, left behind, or fired off set. Like they they don't <laughs> play around. It's it can be like the the first time I never forget the first time I, I walk onto set for that where hope grows. Like I did not know what I was doing, but I worked with um, Will Cravens, and he mm-hmm. hooked me up on that. He was like, "Look, man, you bust ass on on set. Like, and there's this movie coming up." I'm going to, I'm going to reference you. And I'm like, dude, I've never been on, like, I don't know what that is. Like what? <laughs> and he's like, dude, just do it. I, I know what you, I know what you're feeling. I know you're scared. Just go for it. And I'm like, Oh my God. You know, I'm like shaking in my <laughs> fucking boots. Like, Oh no. And I, and I get on set and everybody, like cameras are getting thrown around and people are hustling and bustling. And I'm just like walking like it, like in a daze, like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Who am I supposed to talk to? And like one of the producers, uh, Milan, he, uh, and I had no idea who this guy was, super awesome guy, but um, he, like, he, like, comes up to me, and he's like, uh, yeah, so, uh, what, what's up with you, man? Because he apparently, like, sees me just wandering around, right. knowing what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing here? What's, uh, what's your position, man? What's up? What's up? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm a, um, I'm, I'm an AP. He's like, AP? What's, what's that? <laughs> I mean, a PA? Fuck! And I'm like, okay, great. So like already right off the bat, super green. And I'm like completely nervous as shit. Anyway, um, that, but that really taught me a whole lot because, um, before I showed up that day, I actually helped the, um, the behind the scenes people like their production didn't really start. This was all the behind the scenes stuff going to get trailers and the whole bit. And they were like, look, we could use a hand for these two days. Can you like help us out? And uh, I drove like a few hours with uh, one of the other um, behind the scenes production dudes. And we drove like three hours, had no idea this was going to happen. So I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So we drove three hours one way, three hours back to get this big um, van uh, or this big trailer. And I didn't have a car. And so I had no idea how I was going to make it to set every day. This was a month long thing. Oh, wow. And I, there was, I hadn't. I had no idea what I was going to do. I mean, I'm just like going with it. I'm like, I have no idea if this is even <laughs> going to happen. I'll probably get fired the first day. And, um, and they were like, you did such an awesome job. Thank you so Because I was very like, hey, I get what this position's about. Like throw me, I told them that, throw me through the mud. And I was with a grin, shit even grin on my face. And they're like, <laughs> they were laughing. They were like, that's going to go so far. Please, please be that. Please be that person. Be 
amazing like you are because a lot of people in this film industry are so jaded and i'm like really you're making movies you know like yeah. I, I didn't get it i'm like what do you mean you're out making movies this is awesome they're like eh. can sometimes not be awesome sure so it can be grueling so so they were that that aspect was um you know super exciting yeah, yeah. like that that was amazing um but they they ended up saying, okay, well, we need a driver PA. Are you comfortable driving this 12-pass van? I was like, my first car was a Chevy Astro van, so <laughs> I got this. And I was like, but look, here's the thing is I don't have a car, and I don't know how I'm going to get to work every day, and I'm so sorry. And they were just like, take the van home. Here you go. And I'm like, are you serious? They're like, you proved yourself already by just come, just, I don't even think they like paid me for that first two days i think they were just like we just need help can you help yeah and so they were like no no no. you proved yourself to be that person so we'll totally reciprocate and so here's the van take it home every day and it turned out to be absolutely the the best experience of my life one meeting all these actors and actresses and i felt important you know like i was driving them to and from their hotels every day it was just like just a safety thing and and then Milan <laughs> later was, you know, like he, um, they needed somebody to drive on, uh, on the scene. You know, they were like, they had to take out the cameras and it was sort of a rogue feel and they needed somebody to drive. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can drive. I'm just standing around. <laughs> and these guys, you know, like these, these jaded worker guys that were like, no, who are you? No. Like straight out was just like, ah, no, nah, uh, uh-uh. Milan was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy has been, like, on his shit, and he's really proved himself. I, I think you should let him drop. Uh, I got to drop. It was so sweet. <laughs> I was like, yes! And I really, um, I think I gained the respect of a lot of people on that, not because I was some super awesome whatever of, like, technical ability. It's just because I was a super happy dude, and I wanted to bust ass. And so I think if... Like, that's the only thing I can never tell people because that's only the the reason, like, I'll get called back or <laughs> I'll get on a set is they'll be like, that guy is fun to work with and, and he'll really actually work. So, but again, you like, you got to learn your trade. Like, you can't totally be terrible. <laughs> it sounds like the classic Hollywood thing that you'll see in, in movies and TV shows a lot of the time where the person who's there, who's been there for, for a long time, <laughs> like you said, they're jaded. They'll just be like, yeah, I don't care about this, yeah. whatever. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to do any more than yeah. my job is specifically detailing and, you know, what, who are you, the new guy? Yeah, you don't get to do anything. Yeah. But just by being psyched about it and being engaged and going forward full steam at it, yeah. like you said, people will definitely offer things just for that attitude alone, Yeah, it, which is, it's crazy. Like, it, right. So people, people do the opposite because <laughs> they think that they're... I don't know. Maybe they think they're better than it, or than than the situation, or something like that. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I met Blake. I don't know how many years has it been ago now. Like six years, maybe. I think so. Yeah. At Diamond Pub and Billiards on Barrett Avenue, and at the time, there was a production going on that was. It was a lot of fun. Brought a lot of people in. I got to meet a lot of people through that. Blake being one of them for sure, but there were singers and songwriters and actors and musicians, all kinds of different creative people were getting involved in that, and I had been brought in to do photography and make video clips to some degree, and I was doing interviews on an iPad <laughs> at the time, yeah. and then Blake came in, and immediately we just clicked and yeah. I think like you said with that other person it was your attitude you were just psyched about being there psyched about doing stuff and I was as well and yeah. I was probably even more green than you were at the time well, I was so pumped just to like you know like I was like oh man who's this long-haired looking awesome <laughs> dude with like rocking this iPad with like contraptions connected and lights <laughs> and like microphones I'm like dude you're making this work like that's it, that inspired me because you know like I don't know, I had like a, well, crap, actually, though, my shitty 2-2-I sitting here, like, I think that's what I was 
filming with but like i think i thought like i looked at that and been like yeah man because like, dad's i'm just trying to diy this thing like i don't have a lot of money or all this awesome equipment but i'm like just using what i got and making that work and and so yeah like immediately like that <laughs> night we were like best friends forever yeah <laughs> and i was the same way i was just i had i had gotten an ipad and i started to figure out a couple things i found this case that I bought for it that would screw onto a tripod and yeah. you could attach uh, light to it on the top. I got some kind of light for it. It was like an LED light and the light was way too bright at the <laughs> beginning and then halfway through an interview or whatever, it would start to dim a little bit. So I was working with it for a couple hours and by the end of it, it was pretty much too dim for, <laughs> for the camera on the iPad. And I looked, I don't even, I haven't looked at those videos in a long time, but when I did look back at them, those are some of the worst things yeah. that I've probably ever made. And so definitely cringeworthy. Yeah. But it, just the experience of it was amazing and getting to meet you, you know, I didn't know what level you were at the time but I was impressed with what you were doing and now that I've known you for a while like you said you you were using a T2i yeah. to do video and anybody who knows about cameras to that level T2i is like the base level camera that yeah. can do video from yeah. Canon right yeah um yeah I mean like you know everything out there is but like in the I guess in the DSLR world um at the time, like the T2i was like pretty much you didn't want to go anywhere like lower than that. I mean, I've you know I'm I'm still I'm pretty green as well. Like I've uh, I'm like hanging out with some other like filmmakers or like photographers. They are all about like naming off all these brands and these peoples and all this. And I'm like, oh man, I'm yep. I just hold a camera, don't I? <laughs> oh fuck! Like they really know what they're talking about, and there's some really intelligent dudes that it's not all about the technical stuff, but understanding what it real like the base understanding of like lightning exposure and like obviously knowing your tool sets, but like I, I think I knew I was onto something when I had. Like a shitty kit lens, not even good lenses, <laughs> and this T2i, and I'm filming, and I was just using Sony Vegas to edit. I still use Sony Vegas, um, and people would ask me, "Oh, you, do you have like this camera? Do you have this bigger camera? And do you are you in Final Cut? This and that." I'm just like, "Nope, I just have like the cheapest stuff, I think." <laughs> and but I would get you know some some looks my way, and I knew you know again like. Everything I was creating, I felt like it was cringeworthy, but I felt like I was getting something. I felt like I was seeing something, and people's reactions kept me going. You know, uh, people would give positive response, like, oh my gosh, that, that almost looks like a movie, or that almost looks like something. Like, I know, I know, I'm almost there. That almost looks like a thing. <laughs> I think that's the artist's spark, and that's one of the things that when I first met you, I, I could tell you were on something, like you were moving in the right direction and I was impressed immediately and looking at the work where you were doing at the time I think you were doing uh $200 music video oh, yeah, special man. at the time <laughs> yeah like and anybody who who knows about this industry <laughs> knows that that is a ridiculously low price for a budget for sure. even a music video yeah and I remember you telling me about the process and how people would expect you to do multiple camera <laughs> angles and all these specific, really complicated edits and want you to do CGI and just <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah. amounts of things that would probably cost thousands of dollars. Right. And you were doing this two or $300 project. And so you, <laughs> how did you break it down to people? So, so I think I understood, you know, like when... Because, you know, we sort of touched on that, like, you know, how, how do you know where your skill set is and what you can price point things out for? Like, so I think at the time I knew, like, all right, I'm just still bottom barrel here. So I, I can't necessarily be charging, like, crazy budgets for stuff, you know. So, like, um, I just tried to break it down, like, okay, I can do this for an hour and this is what we got. We can't really do stories, but we can just do something like performance type of stuff. And, and if I can knock it out fairly quickly and do a quick edit on it, um, then I can help out artists and 
you know, like build gradually. Um, what that ended up doing, which is, I feel like everybody I think does that. Like you, you start at the bottom, so you charge super low. Get your foot in the door. Get your foot in the door, meet new people, and then you can, you know, uh, saved up, got better equipment and learned a lot more, um, sharpened my skills and raised my prices, you know, to, but, um, what it ended up doing was like, I just started to do like a lot of like super low budget stuff. And I was that like, every message was, yo, I need a music video. How much for a music video? And that, that was like, I still, I still get those, but like, <laughs> but like, that's it. That, you know, it's not like, Hey, this is what we're looking to do. Here's my budget. What can we do? It's like, what do you charge for a video? Right. And, but I was always the, <laughs> Yo, you do you still doing those three hundred deals? You still doing those out in the street? Give me I'm like, oh man. So I really put myself in a a hole after a while. I mean, because it's, you know, when somebody's coming in once a week and they're willing to throw you three hundred bucks and you really throw all that you know at at a video, um, but they end up just being these lower budget things. And it starts to not necessarily be a good thing on your part because you're trying to grow and you're trying to do more um, compassionate things or you're trying to do more intricate things. You're trying to like really do these maybe bigger budgeted productions, um, but you just keep taking that like 300 bucks, that whatever that is, and then you just end up being that like, Oh, you're that guy <laughs> who does those really yeah. low-budget, crappy-in-the-street videos. I never thought they were crappy, to be fair. Sure. But I also know that you, as an artist and a perfectionist, you would go into these projects that even at this baseline budget, you would be working for hours and hours and hours to make it look really, really good. No, I, yeah, I put... For, I put Every I put way more than what I was getting paid. Sure, that's what and, I'm saying. And, you were putting so much yeah, more effort and, than... And, that, and that's absolutely not to like um, to bash anybody. Like That's your budget. That's what you're trying to do. And, and everybody that I would meet, they would be really awesome people. Um, but they would just be... Expecting you to do a cheap right, price. Right, yeah. And, and that's, I just got myself stuck in that hole. So um, at a certain point, I had to say, okay, I have... A little bit of recognition. Credibility. A little bit of credibility. Um, and now I'm saving up and getting better equipment. Um, I had to start saying no. Yeah. And the minute I started to say no was when I got bigger projects. Because it's weird. I'm guessing that's a little psychology. I'm guessing that's a little bit of how like this business sell and advertising works. Like you set yourself to a certain point, a standard that you think you should be at. And um, people want that, you know. Shit, you might be a terrible filmmaker or something, but if you set your prices at a certain level, people think yeah. you're that. Now, that's, you know, that can be a little bit insidious, and sometimes advertising in, in that world is, like, super insidious like that. But, um, but I, you know, I tried to, I think at that point, I understood, like, what I was worth, and, I, and it was cool to say no. It was cool to say yeah. some of the people that I've worked with for a long time on, on videos, I, you know, just recently had to be like, um, look, man, I, I want to do bigger stuff. And, and, and not even trying to be like, hey, you need to pay me more so we can do bigger stuff. Kind of just like, all right, remember what we were doing like the past years, how it was just kind of in the street, whatever, whatever. Like, let's, let's do something. Like, let's, let's create a project, let's uh, create a story, and man, just, you know, shit, give me on a payment plan, or yeah. or whatever. Like, maybe not even that. Just, shit, pay me a little bit more than what you were doing. And let's do this. Some and, people don't, they don't, some right. people don't. Some people are going to fall off, they but don't, some people are going to build you up and understand and see the potential of how much bigger and better that right. project could be with a little bit larger right. budget. Right, and that's, and that's, I try to, to put that across because um and you see memes all day about it and it's really funny about like the client <laughs> and the creator aspect and there's always these funny long lists of um hilarious responses that you get from people talking about pricing sure i just saw one recently about photographers and i think the number one on the list was uh dead air no response <laughs> and, and i just felt like 
the last two projects that I quoted. It was fair, very fair price. No responses. I had to hit them up for like two days and be like, hey, um, just checking back in. <laughs> and then they, they were finally like, oh yeah, thanks for thanks, but no thanks. I'm like, ouch, all right. And, but uh, responded very professional, like, well, okay, awesome, man. Um, hope that gets done. Hope you find somebody to do that project. I'll be looking out for your push. Um, the next one was just pretty much the same thing. Oh, my bad, dude. Uh, I could, yeah, I couldn't afford that price. Oh, okay, hey, no worries. Uh, but you know, just like that weird, um, <laughs> yeah. just the, the weird dynamic between what either clients don't know, they don't know the proper etiquette, or they don't understand this, and then this funny world of, like, photographers or creatives or filmmakers, like, the memes and the funny just, like, shit-talking that goes on behind the scenes to be like, why don't they know this? Have they not Googled? Have they not done a little research about their project, how much it would normally cost, what you can get away with, what you can't, what to look out for? No research. And and most (laughs) people don't do that research, I assume. Absolutely not. Well, at least up to a certain level... Because right. what they're what they care about is their project, yeah. you know, what they're trying to produce, what they're trying to put out there, and your pricing, they don't, you know, they they just want they want it to be cheap, but yeah. they want it to be super professional, <laughs> and they don't have that understanding of where in the middle that level has to get to right. to really get what they want. Right. It's very. Which, it is very. It is very crazy to to think that that. Um, that it's like that, but so that's a little bit of the struggle. Yeah, um, pricing is is super difficult. It is. And that's that's something that I've had to spend a lot of time looking into. I still don't really feel like I fully have myself myself set up with a pricing schedule that I'm comfortable with. Right. But I also, like you said, where you were a few years ago, I don't feel like I have the level of expertise necessarily in a lot of in a lot of realms. Yeah. To demand those kind of prices. Sure. But. What I understand about pricing, uh, objectively, I think, is is that you can charge, you can put out a price list and have ridiculous prices Mm -hmm. and get good jobs just by having that expectation. But I have to have the confidence in myself to put that price list out there. Yeah. That took me a long time. That took me a really long time to even say... And still, like, uh, I, and here's, here's kind of how I work now, like, um, when an artist will give me a shout or, any, like, anybody, I mean, I, I have a set price list, and that's for, like, you know, serious people. When you get those calls that say, uh, here's what I need, um, we're in the ballpark of this budget, and, you know, I'm like, oh, all right, this is corporate, I know this is a professional gig, here's my price list. And I'm, I feel good just to send them that, and then it's, it's set. Um, if I get hit up by artists or, you know, some other people, um, I'm a little bit more lenient if they're very professional and they're awesome people. I tell them, hey, look, I have a corporate price list, um, but, you know, for my artist, everything is different. Everything is custom. It, 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 it's a little more intricate, and I know, you know, I know what, a, what, an, what it's like to be a starving artist. So if there's any opportunity for me to help, so, you know, give me your, you know, somewhat of a budget that you want to stay within or give me uh, a little bit of the, uh, an understanding of your project and, or what you do know, what you don't know and something simple to like try to help just instead of just being super cold and being like, here's my price list. Don't talk to me until, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, uh, yeah. I'm not that guy. Not yet. You know, like I'm not, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be that guy, but like, you know what I mean? Maybe 10 years from now, like. I'm just getting these crazy high production jobs and I like can't take the small stuff anymore. But but, but in but in know. that kind of scenario with with artists like that, it's good to be able to see the potential for this person may not be able to monetarily have this budget, mm-hmm. but if they're a graphic designer or whatever they happen to be, growing that community with that person yeah. and incorporating them in your community or yeah. being incorporated into theirs can build credibility and can yeah. get you another job down the road right. with somebody else that they know or get you to meet somebody that you might not have ever had the opportunity Definitely. to meet if you had just told that person, eh, right. uh, you don't have enough money. Actually, in um, just the last couple of days, um, I got a, um, an email from somebody I did a, um, one of those Yelp videos for. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been years. 
you know, and um, this person um, wrote me an email and said, hey, we have this nonprofit event and um, we need pictures of food and um, people and just enjoying the experience for, you know, these few hours and we need kind of like the works. I'm like, great, this is awesome. Uh, let me so you know, like working up uh, my proposal and uh, send him the proposal of like, you know, like 400 bucks. You know, it's like a few hours. We're talking, you know, quite a few images. And then, you know, I told him I'd do some basic post-processing stuff and get a digital um, delivery, you know, um, made it nice, you know. Um, and that's still, I think, fairly, fairly cheap, maybe. I don't know. I felt, I felt like I did, yeah. you know, like price pointed that fairly correctly. Well, you know, they uh, immediately were like, so this is a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which, by the way, from anybody who out there who takes that line, you're either just don't be a sucker because I've done stuff for nonprofits. Yeah. You, that does not mean people make money on nonprofits. Yeah. People that work there make the money. Yeah, like, quote unquote nonprofit <laughs> is not what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, like they still bring in money. <laughs> they still pay all of their employees. Right, right now, and that doesn't mean you can't be cool. If they're cool, you can be cool. Um, but, but just don't. But there should still be some professionalism. Yes, and, and I don't mean to bad badmouth any nonprofits. Sure. There's lots of nonprofits that are amazing and do great things. But like you said, don't let anybody lowball you right. just and, based on and that so, alone. And so, but, um, and the reason I brought that up was um, uh, about meeting other people in trade. So we worked something out. Um, where, but, I mean, so first they came back and they were like, you know, it's a nonprofit. We, we want to we wanna pull you into some, some derby stuff later. So, you know, they were trying to get me in. I see what they were doing there. You know, you got to watch out for that. You know, you can't always, <laughs> it's exposure, you know. At least it wasn't that. But they were like, hey, there's potential other gigs. But then I'm thinking... Well, if it's through the same thing, are you going to lowball me on that right. as well? Or, <laughs> things to think about. You know, obviously, not bashing them, but this is business. And you have to be fairly cutthroat. You can't just... Because I used to get... When I was on my path to learning, I would be the nice guy. And I would get steamrolled all the time. Hmm. And only until I stopped. And, I, and when I knew, when I could tell somebody was trying to get one over, I'd have to really put my foot down. And boy, did that change people's attitudes and change what happened so anyway so um, we we made a deal she came back and said uh you know I, we can only do can we do two hours and i can only do 150 bucks plus you know two tickets to this event you know it's like a valentine's day thing mm. and i'm thinking hmm, this might score me a little good with um, you know sort of seeing somebody ish right now <laughs> yeah. so i'm like mm, you know that what? could work out maybe that'll work out not that that's, I don't advise that uh, for, for most of you people with non-cool girlfriends to be like, hey, babe, for Valentine's Day, can we like work this event while I like take you to this event? You know, <laughs> yeah. She probably won't be cool with it, but uh, this girl uh, is within the industry and she's actually, that was like super cool to her. Yeah. And so that's, that's awesome. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing where if you have a little bit of foresight and it's the right situation... And they're offering you something that you can see the value of, and yeah. it has value and, to you. And that was, and that's important. So that's the the, the point of bringing it up was, I, I knew this person. the uh, The organization and the nonprofit seems to be something important and something that I, you know, it's not always about money for me. Um, yeah, I could have used that money, but I think just to be able to do that and and reconnect with that person from a few years ago. And, you know, that's how, that's how um, bigger projects happen is, hey, I'm going to do you a solid here. And it's not about the money. They see that and they, that's, they're probably going to be your number one go-to when they do have an influx of money in this nonprofit to be like, okay, now we need this big project. We actually can afford to pay like a full price on something. You know, he hooked us up. Let's go with this guy. Like we yeah. know him. We've created that relationship. You know, he came out and did this for almost nothing, like, that's great. Um, so I feel like that is important, you know. Don't let people get one over on you, but, like, see the value of what is there. Because if, if there is something that is either next to nothing or nothing, but you know, or you have this feeling that, man, this could be a really good growing relationship, you know. You might have to risk it, but take it. Yeah. Totally take it. And though I was saying earlier that a lot of times it's not about what you have on your resume, 
and it's more about the connections. Yes. Something like having a really good project with a nonprofit on your resume definitely does help in yeah. a lot of situations as you continue to progress. Totally. And somebody else who has another nonprofit or has some other thing that you're interested in doing may look at your resume and say, oh, you have some experience working with nonprofits in this kind yeah. of realm, yeah. in this kind of project. I, and I, that's exactly what we're looking <laughs> totally. for. Totally. I actually think I just got um, a recent gig just be, because of that. Like had to throw the little name drop out there because <laughs> I had just, um, Clay had just hired me out to um, do this, um, this campaign for Ronald McDonald House. Oh, wow. And we got to, and that was an amazing experience. Like, I never, I didn't know anything about that, that establishment and, like, what these people, and how many people truly um, depend on Ronald McDonald House to be so close to their kids while they're in treatment. I mean, fascinating world, but, um, <laughs> like, I think that was, I was really trying to add that fluff to, you know, without sending my, um, you know, this, this resume, but, like, trying to get this job. And just throwing it out there saying like, okay, well, hey, in the next couple of days, um, I'm working with Ronald McDonald House. So uh, let me, um, you know, just be patient because and I'll get right back to you on whatever you need. So I think that might have helped like, like, oh, well, crap, if he's working with this big establishment, he's got to be, you know, yeah, not a complete kind of, joker. <laughs> it kind of pads the situation, but it's also, you know, using the legitimate details that you yeah. have available. I mean, yeah, and that's that's a total, I mean, because I knew I wasn't going to be sending a resume to these people, but, like, that was just a, but, yeah, like, that's, you would totally put that on your resume, and that's what it's about. Like, I've worked for these people, I'm very serious, and these are big, serious companies and organizations, and they trust me as a creative to get their projects done, and so, so yeah, true, like, being able to, like, throw those out when I can, um, is I think it's uh you know you want to let people know what you do like and without <laughs> without like sounding like a dick yeah. you're like by the way by the I way, do all of this stuff yeah, by the way uh, I'm awesome because like, <laughs> uh, you know you like hate those guys like nobody wants to hang around with like yeah. like talking about themselves all the time and what how awesome they are. It's like there's the really jaded people and the really self-promotional people, and you want to be right in the middle, right just in the middle. super motivated yeah. and willing to do just about anything but not be trampled upon. True. And it's so it's true. a difficult line to walk it is. in a lot of cases. It really sure. is. Yeah. It totally is. So we're getting close to an hour, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about this podcast. I'm calling it Philosophical Grandeur. And one of the things that I'm trying to do is work with people like Blake McGrew, and, who is a filmmaker, an awesome creative individual, and people like Jax Howie, who is a comedian. And I have a friend who rides bikes and skateboards and does all this other kind of stuff. And I have another friend who is a writer. And I want to take each of you, each of these people, and interview and talk to these people individually, but also incorporate people like Blake as co-hosts in the future when we bring in other people. One of the reasons for that is, like you said, there's this whole network of people that you're starting to meet, and I, in the film and photography arena, I know a certain number of people, and some of them you definitely know, some of them you don't know, and that's true with all the different people that sure. I'm trying to incorporate. With Jax Howie, he knows a lot of comedians, and I've met some of them through him, but there's a lot more that I'm sure he knows that I haven't met. And so, in, in the same with the writer, the same with my friend who is a, a, a cyclist and that kind of athlete, there are all these different groups of, of people that I want to incorporate into this. And bring them in one, at a, one or two at a time and just kind of develop things and allow things to grow in multiple directions simultaneously, not within each show. Like it won't be multiple directions sure. within one show, but yeah. it'll be in a direction. Yeah. And then the next show could be a whole other direction with a different person talking about different subject material. Because my idea is to call it philosophical grandeur because we can talk about just about anything, yeah. and we can elaborate, and we can go to the extreme. We can 
just create ridiculous nonsense, but we can also, like today, we can talk about really serious details about development and creative potential and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm excited, man. That sounds really awesome. Thanks. Um, I appreciate it. Because I think that'll be... Uh, I mean, because it's, it's like... Um, yeah, like we'll, we'll sit around and, and we'll already do this in, in some sense, right? And it feels so impactful and like amazing or just crazy and whatever. But like um, we consume the same kind of stuff that's already out there and we get something out of that. And yeah. so like I feel like, um, you know, like we I think we, we connect with a lot of creative people and um, I feel like it's worth you know, putting out there and having these conversations and just having a lot of fun and, and share it. Like, cause I know I get a lot out of being able to hear other people who have like-minded people or different um, perspectives and aspects that like, I had no idea mm-hmm. even existed. And, um, I think it's important. I think it's sharing is caring. <laughs> <laughs> and just what you said is exactly what I'm talking about because you and I have had many conversations over the past several years since we met where we've talked about a huge variety of, of topics, but it's always been very engaging. It's always been, it's, it builds upon itself yeah. as we go through more experiences. And, I, you know, I've been, I went off to Colorado and then I went off to Oregon and you've gone off to California, we went off to London. We keep going separate directions and then coming back and yeah. have these great conversations and so that in and of itself is engaging and interesting. And then the, the best podcasts that I listen to are basically that. They're people sitting and having a conversation. Some of them, you know, they'll, they'll create games and they'll create, you know, big templates and they'll have well-crafted uh, information in front of themselves. And I do want to do that. I sure. do want to do all those things. Yeah. But in a way... If you do it right, you can just sit down and talk to somebody, yeah. and you know we've already filled up an hour of time, and it's like we just sat down, <laughs> right? Which, again, that's my favorite kind of podcast to listen to. And yeah. so, I'm not saying that what I'm doing right now is on the level of some of these people that I think are are just killing it in the podcast realm, but it will be if if Thank if, if it's not already, then it then it will be because like that's you know. W- and I think that's why I'm hyped to do like what I'm doing. Like we have the technology, it's cheap, it's available. I mean, if you're busting ass and you like want to do something, like you can do whatever you want. Like that sounds super cliche. Like <laughs> do whatever you want, kids. I mean, you can't be the president. We know there's a selective. But I don't know if you can't be president. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have a lot of money. But um, but but you can absolutely like do whatever you want. And and I see that now more than ever. Like. Like, all you got to do is aspire and to, like, be that, do that, and just, like, pick up something, pick up a tool, and, like, shit, you have Google, you have YouTube, (laughs) you can learn absolutely everything you want to know. Stop being a lazy person. Stop. I'm lazy. Like, I can be super lazy, but, like, stop being fucking lazy. Just pick up some tools, type it in Google, how do I use this fucking tool? And, like... There you go. It's amazing. It's so beautiful. And so that's what I'm doing right now is um, I have uh, um, particle, like, uh, trap code uh, suite or whatever uh, for After Effects. And, like, all I'm doing for, like, hours is just tutorials, like, inundating myself with tutorials. And it's super fun. It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Is that the animation it's like it? this. Um, you should you'll if you look it up. Uh, it's um, it's called uh, Trap Code, and it's like this whole suite of uh, different wild things. So like, take three D uh, models and make them into particles, or uh, make smoke and different other wild uh, bits and pieces that you couldn't do inside of After Effects by itself. Um, so it's just extra plugins to create some extra funky wildness and add you know another click on the tool belt and. Like, of course I can offer this as a service. I don't know how to do it yet, <laughs> but I'm learning it right now. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll watch enough tutorials. I'll be yeah, there soon. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to, because one of the last times I was over here, we were talking about animation, and mm. what was the name of that animation Oh, my gosh. Um, so it is, oh, I think it's called, like, 
character animator. Um, so it comes with the, the newer versions of After Effects. Super awesome. Like, it motion tracks your face, and you can immediately start, like, building your characters or working with um, the, the pre-set-up characters. They walk you through everything. There's awesome tutorials. And, like, you can just immediately, very quickly... This is the most, like, amazing, intuitive way to get yourself working with animation without, like, this crazy, crazy, crazy knowledge of how to, like, animate your puppets. Like, you can just, boop, get in there, record takes, move some stuff around, create your own puppets, and uh, immediately start to make some very convincing, like... You know, some mouth moves, change some things, get them to walk around. Um, it's fascinating. Like that. So actually, me, uh, my brother, and um, and his girlfriend, we were kicking around an idea of creating a cartoon. Won't get too specific because it's not out. <laughs> but develop that but idea. but a very. I think it's a very cool idea. Um, and you know, and they were like, yeah, and of course, there's no way for us to we to do this. And then I call them up, and I'm like. Hey, by the way, there's this thing and it exists and we can do this. And like, we could do this now. So he's an awesome artist. And like, you could draw these characters. We break them into Photoshop, boom, throw them into this software. And we immediately have our cartoons ready to animate and have fun. And then the way it works, I think from what you were telling me the last time, is that your webcam on your computer tracks your face. Yeah. And then you become that character. Yeah, so you could do live performances and... But you don't have to do it all. You can shut off all these modes and say, I just want to control the eyeballs. Or I want to shut the eyeballs off. I just want to like move around a little bit, have the mouth moving around just to get like this base plate. And then you can go back through and then move, record the arm movements. And then go back and then say, ooh, that, those mouth movements weren't so perfect. Shit, you could go back through and you can actually change it to the syllable of the mouth that you have built in there. So it's like... Again, Super powerful. It's, again, lots of work, but this is not like your, this ain't your grandpappy's animation. <laughs> this is like, you can get moving yeah. and you can start to get, you can really get into the creative aspect of it very quickly. Um, so this is changing a lot for me and I'm really trying to absorb all the, the software that I have available and then I'm working with, and I know it's a lot. It's like I don't, I don't do anything other than this. Like I don't really go out and play. <laughs> I don't really go out to clubs. So you like, you'll probably have to sacrifice um, some of your friends, unless they're into this world. But even if they are, as you can tell, like it's hard for us to even link up because I'm like so absorbed. So you definitely have to be obsessed with it. But but it's fun because this is that's isn't, how you get great at yeah, stuff, though. You got to be obsessed. Yeah, with stuff. and and but I mean, if if you love any of this then it's not, it's not for real, like, work. Like, you're not digging a ditch. And I've done that for the first part of my life. That's you're construction. In the, you're in the ditch, ditch digging ditch dig, industry. Ditch digging industry, <laughs> and it was not fun. Um, but anyway, so if it's, um, so just amazing stuff that, that exists, that's able to be in our hands. It's not just giant Hollywood studios. Like, this was a software that um, they just used with, uh, they did a live simpsons like um sec um like section at the end of their episode like real people were calling in and they used this character animator to do a live simpsons uh spot at the end so we're kind of blurring the lines here um so if you really know what you're doing and you know your craft well um, you can blend this sort of what big hollywood budgets are are do well you know what i'm saying yeah. at least the techniques oh, yeah. And because you, you can blur the line of like film something or create something, and maybe to the untrained eye, or shit, maybe to the even the trained eye, you can, you can, the the playing field is even right now. I feel like yeah, it's so, changed the game. It, I hate it, that. I hate that <laughs> term, but it's totally changed a lot of things it in has. ways that it was never available before. It was yeah. thousands of dollars right. for for software, and now it's. Maybe hundreds. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and uh, some of the some of the people that I've talked to about doing this podcast don't necessarily want to be on video doing it, and mm -hmm. I'm fine with doing an audio podcast. But like, I think we were talking about this the last time I was talking to you. 
that we could take this animation software and create characters for everybody's <laughs> yeah. on the show and make them as crazy or ridiculous yeah. Actually, as we want um, them to be. So in this software, here's a really, um, really cool part of what, what it'll allow you to do is people use uh, their characters for like Twitch. Oh, yeah. So like you can, uh, with, a, with a few, they don't have it integrated yet, but like you could just use a couple free pieces of software that you download that like loops it all into like your live so you can just jut out a live feed and it's like recording your face movements and it's all connected to you but you can have it on a screen like your when you're playing a video game or I'm not really up to par on on the Twitch world but like you have the you can ha- create a little avatar and he hangs at the bottom of your screen while you're playing so instead of your face like it's your little character like playing a video game like I saw one guy where he actually had like finger movements and he had a controller in his hand and, you know, <laughs> it's like your little dude could be like cussing people out or whatever anyway but cool stuff like i'm i'm even thinking of like fun live feeds for yeah like for podcasts or like uh facebook lives or whatever like i think the, the technology is super cool um though have you ever have you um seen again i don't watch too much tv or anything but i did watch because all my, uh, my my friends know about my my conspiracy tendencies, <laughs> and they go, "You got to watch Black Mirror." I've gotta... heard about that. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so it's there's like to be amazing. So really awesome. They were like, "Yep, you guys nailed me." I really love this series. The first one, if you do watch it, the first one, if it feels stupid, just keep going. They're all <laughs> different. They're not the same. The first one's kind of weird and kind of dumb, but keep moving because they get cool. Uh, but one of them is. This like love puppetry thing, and he's like commenting on like so he causes like a little bit of chaos in like the real world. So and that's kind of what we're they probably got that idea from this yeah. character animator. Like you controls you know you're controlling it live. Um, so some scary aspects that we'll probably get into on our uh, crazy off the cuff, not real, just uh, chatting it up. There's plenty that uh, that we talk about. That's crazy oh, yeah. into that world. But anyway. I've been here with Blake McGrew, who is an awesome friend and a great filmmaker and media producer. And he'll be back again with me in the near future. For MaplexMonk.com, this has been Philosophical Grandeur, episode number two. Have a great day. Theme music today is by Jim Needler. You can find more of his content and that of his guests, Jim Phillips and Tyler Warden, this Sunday, February 19th at the Bardstown. This show is also brought to you by MaplexMonk.com.